River flow is the aquatic industry's leading water current system and transforms virtually any body of water, large or small, public or private, into a dynamic environment that provides fun, fitness, and relaxation. Whether you're floating and daydreaming along a lazy river, water walking to increase strength, swimming, or sports training, Riverflow delivers current that is perfectly suited for each user's needs. Our current system adds lasting value to any aquatic experience, and that's what today's homeowners really want. To learn more, visit us on the web at current-systems.com. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Pool Magazine Podcast. Today I'm chatting with Brad Holly, professional designer and winner of this year's Million Dollar Pool Challenge. It's a pleasure to have you with us today on the show, Brad. Yeah, thanks for having me here. I appreciate the invitation. You know, could you share a, a little bit with our listeners a, a brief overview of your background and your experience in the pool and spa design industry? Sure. Uh, yeah. I, um, so one of the things I've been asked a few times is what my uh, my education background was with regard to design. And uh, I always say I had no education. Um, before joining the pool industry, I was in the commercial construction industry with a, a small company that primarily just did uh, multifamily renovations, um, like large scale apartment communities. Um, and I started using SketchUp there. Um, it wasn't totally necessary. I really just kind of started using it for fun. I would design some some monument signs or maybe some like small little community structures um, and really just started enjoying using it uh, as a hobby. Like I just took it home and I started uh, designing things I could make in my garage or designing little uh, renovations that my wife and I would do at home. And um got to looking uh, into how to do a particular thing inside SketchUp um, on Google. And one of the search results, which I, I wasn't even looking for at the time, it was a job listing. And it hadn't even struck me uh, before that I might be able to use SketchUp uh, as a career. So I was really intrigued. And I, I kind of pursued it further and looked into the job and uh, ended up being um, a job listing uh, for a design assistant with uh, the legendary Randy Angel. And uh, we hit it off. He hired me, and I guess the, the rest was history at that point. Uh, I, I spent uh, eight and a half years being mentored by Randy Angel, um, and that, that really was my education. And um, in a lot of ways, it, it might have been a, a superior uh, education because I kind of came in as a blank slate, and, and he taught me everything that I know, kind of, taught me how to to see the world through his eyes and how to uh, come up with designs um, taught me kind of timeless design principles and balance and scale and proportion uh, yeah that's that's my background that's how i got here you guys a phenomenal designer to learn from yeah yeah probably the best yeah i mean uh i was really impressed with your entry in this uh year's competition i mean uh the video presentation of your design definitely looks like it was Miami vice inspired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I try to inject uh, elements of fun anywhere I can. And uh, because this was uh, the, the hypothetical project was located in Miami, uh, I thought it would be really fun to kind of play off of the, the Miami vice theme. So I had, uh, I found the intro credits to the show from the eighties 
And yeah. I kind of, uh, I, I spliced that into the beginning and the end of the video to kind of make it look like somebody was changing channels, like watching that and then switching over to this, uh, <laughs> this house tour. It was very cool. I mean, can you elaborate on how you developed your concept and what inspired this particular design that you came up with? As soon as I got the model, which I think was maybe the end of July or something like that, I think I kind of sat on it for a, a week, maybe almost two weeks. I'm, I'm usually able to see a space and uh, figure out like a, just a general direction to go in with my design. And I, I was completely stumped and just lost for quite a while. But I knew that there were some some elements, some like thematic elements in the design that I was going to need to come up with. Um, and so for, for all the SketchUp users out there, they might be familiar with the 3D warehouse, which is like the sort of like a common space um, that anybody using SketchUp can go to and, and look for shared uh, components and elements. So like if you design something in SketchUp, you can upload it to the warehouse and share it with the entire world if you like to. Um, and so I was looking for Miami themed uh, elements, Latin art elements, um, and just anything that I thought might fit with this general scene, this environment. Um, and one of the first things that I got, um, because this, in the description of their lifestyle, uh, you know, they had a yacht and, and it said that they enjoyed, um, taking the yacht out and going shopping, boating and stuff like that. And so I said, well, I'm, I'm definitely going to need to, to show a yacht in the scene, you know, off the side of the dock. So I got this yacht and, uh, had it placed next to the the dock and i was just kind of looking at it and looking over some of the other elements that i had collected and i was noticing a feature uh, on top of the yacht and it's actually uh, a feature that's really common on a lot of high-end boats of all sizes it's called a hard top it's basically like the uppermost cover of the boat um, and a lot of the really kind of like stylish and modern boats that hard top has these two backwards swept columns um, that support it. And it, it they designed them in such a way that it almost looks like it shouldn't be able to support the canopy, um, but it does. And I was just staring at that kind of uh, um, adjacent to this empty design space that I hadn't done anything with yet. And I, I was thinking to myself, I was like, that's a really cool uh, inspiration for a structure. Cause I knew I wanted to do a structure and so I kind of used the hard top of the yacht as the inspiration for like one of the main elements in the design space. So I made this gigantic uh, kind of two-story structure that resembled uh, the, the hard top cover from the yacht. And uh, once I had that in place, I kind of figured out how to or where to put the lazy river. And I think once I had those two elements nailed down, all of the other elements kind of fell into place. I kind of realized pretty quickly where everything was going to need to go. Well, it's SketchUp, but I mean, it looks like there's a lot of texturing on this, Brad. I mean, did you use any other programs other than the SketchUp? Yeah, so uh, part of the, the process that, that I've learned over the past couple of years, uh, I'll start modeling in SketchUp, and eventually I will throw that model into another pro program called Enscape, which is spelled E-N-S-C-A-P-E. Um, and for anybody that is familiar with uh, Lumion, which is like you know 
the uppermost standard of uh, architectural visualization. Uh, Inkscape is uh, a pretty close competitor to Lumion. I thought it was Lumion when I was looking. Yeah. 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 So th I think that's that's really what they're aiming for. I think they want to be the a strong competitor to Lumion. Um, so yeah, yeah, the the lifelike, the photorealism of it all. It's because of Inkscape. It's really beautiful. Oh, thank you. Honestly, the million dollar pool design challenge is specifically known for presenting contestants with difficult challenges. I mean, the competition <laughs> yeah. requires the contestants to include certain elements in their design. I mean, how did you approach the specific design criteria for this year's competition? And what were the key elements that you found most challenging to incorporate into your design? <laughs> Short answer, everything. <laughs> Uh, the longer answer would be um, that I think every single contestant that entered talked about how difficult it was to fit the entire wish list into the space. You know, the the day before the final judging, the uh, million dollar pool challenge, uh, Mike and Reed had uh, organized like a, a gathering uh, of everybody that was involved in the competition. So we were able to kind of meet up and, and chat about it, and everybody there who was kind of saying the same thing that you know, at first you get this model uh, it's just a house and just an empty yard all the way around no driveway or anything and you're looking at it and you're thinking to yourself man this is a huge lot and there's so much space but then you start looking at how long the wish list is and you start kind of creating these little you know blocky shaped masses of like you know, I think maybe the lazy river will be this big. Maybe the pool will be about this big. Here's the outdoor kitchen. And you start trying to fit them all together like puzzle pieces. And you, you realize pretty quickly that I'm running out of room. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where all this stuff is going to go. And so it was, it was really deceiving, the size of a lot. Um, you thought you had a lot to work with. And then as you start putting real elements in place, you, you realize how small it gets. Well, following the live presentations, the audience had the opportunity to vote for their favorite contestant. I mean, how did it feel to have your design resonate with the audience? And what kind of feedback did you receive during the event? Um, I got a lot of good feedback. Um, and before it actually came down to the final judging portion uh, of the events, you know, I, I was feeling pretty unsure of how it was going to go because as soon as... Uh, I saw all of the other submissions, um, you know, sitting there at the final judging. I was already mentally preparing myself for for fifth place. Um, everybody that so all 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 five of the top five uh, finalists and teams, everybody brought outstanding work, and so I was I was pretty intimidated when I saw everybody else's work. Yeah, I was feeling confident leading up to the event, and then I, I saw that. Yeah, I was. Uh, I said, you know, <laughs> I'll be okay with fifth place. <laughs> That's the case. Shout out to Mike Farley and Reed for uh, organizing this competition. I mean, winning the competition earned you a ten thousand dollar cash prize, courtesy of River Flow by Current Systems, and a spot on yes. the panel in two thousand twenty-four. How do you plan to utilize this recognition, and what are your expectations for being on the other side of the judging process next year? Oh, goodness. I mean, as far as recognition goes, I mean, um, it might be it might be fleeting. Uh, if if anything, it's I think it's it's pretty cool to be able to say, you know, you're one of the 
top pool designers in the nation for uh, for a year, uh, <laughs> at least until the next competition. But um, as far as how I would handle being a judge next year, um, I, I look forward to it. I think my goal would be just to to be as encouraging as possible and, and to really just focus on the strengths of each contestant's submission and with an attitude of, of trying to just encourage people and kind of lift them up and, and make them feel good about the, the work that they do and, and not being too harsh. We have a lot of young professionals that are entering the field. I mean, what advice would you impart on them? those people that are interested in gaining some experience in this field. I mean, it's a, it's a challenging competition to enter this. I mean, how has all of that impacted your own personal career? That's a good question. I feel like having been in the pool industry for eight and a half years now, (laughs) I feel like I should be more connected than I am. I feel like I should, uh, I should know more about it and I I should uh, have more uh, people that I could refer somebody to. Um, I, I feel like I've, I've isolated myself. Um, I just kind of, you know, head down doing my own work. And I, I, I hadn't really been trying to network much, but um, in hindsight, because I, I realized that not everybody is going to get the opportunity to, to go the route that I did, you know, being able to work with somebody like Randy Angel, um, biggest piece of advice would be maybe just to try to plug yourself into the pool and the design community. Just look for inspiration, you know, see what other people are doing and always try to be thinking of ways that you can do something a little different, do something unique. And that might mean not necessarily just following pool builders and pool designers, but um, maybe just following talented architects, uh, follow interior designers, follow industrial designers and product designers and painters and people that make cool arts and crafts. You can find inspiration for great ideas all over the place. And a lot of them might have nothing to do with pools. You know, for instance, like designing this uh, this gigantic structure that's based on a boat cover, like a, the hard top of a boat, you know, that, that had nothing to do with a pool, but it was like, it ended up being a really cool feature. And uh, I don't think that's something that you'd find uh, anywhere in the pool industry. Can you walk us through a little bit of your design? I'd really like you to get into the nuts and bolts, Brad, about what our listeners can't see. If we're kind of going with the timeline of the video, where the design begins is in the the front approach and the driveway. So you're right off the bat, you're kind of walking up from the street and you've got a uh, address block monument sign that's also kind of doubles as a a bench seat. Um, It's at bench seat height. Since this is a hypothetical project, there was no real address for it. And I ended up using my contestant number the uh, entries are anonymous. And so they give everybody this sort of like random four digit number. And so the 4210 uh, was was my number. So I just made that the address, but uh, it's a self-lit address block. And then I designed a uh, driveway that was uh, very kind of geometric and polygons everywhere. And the borders of of each of those polygons, I had envisioned being these uh, channels that are lit from underneath covered with acrylic panels. And so at night, all of those channels are lit up with uh, the different colors 
which is like the I kind of had a Miami theme, like pale blue, pale pink, white, all over the place. So those are all lit up. And uh, you make your way across the driveway, walking up the steps. Uh, I think it rises about three feet uh, up to the uh, entry level. And the steps extend out across uh, a shallow fountain area. And there is a, uh, a sunken planter box. So it, there's actually this illusion that water from the fountain area is, it's like a perimeter overflow style, but it's, it's inward. It's all the, the water appears to be pouring into this planter bed, uh, just on, on infinite loop. Um, there's a hanging day bed. Um, and one of my favorite features up front, uh, aside from that fountain and the driveway, is uh, some uh, Latin art. Uh, I found some art done by an artist in Miami, and I kind of just traced that, and I made a steel panel out of it, and I made like a continuous line art drawing, and then uh, just extruded that. So it looks like this laser cut panel that is the silhouette of a woman's face and it's backlit with lighting and then there's fire underneath it. So that made for a really cool effect at nighttime. Uh, moving over to the left, you kind of notice the walls surrounding the backyard, uh, which is mostly, it's, it's halfway stucco. Um, and at the top, there are some uh, laser cut steel panels that are turned over horizontally and they're, they're double layered. So it kind of gives the feel like this very organic and meshy feel. Uh, and then entering the backyard through a, um, a centered hinge uh, gate that kind of the, the hinge is sort of on the, the middle of the door, but it's kind of just off center. You walk through and you're immediately at the splash pad area. Um, one of the cool elements there was an element that I found in the SketchUp warehouse, going back to that. And it was a two-headed um, Aztec serpent that was an all tile. And I kind of turned that into a more 3D component. And I thought it would be really cool if you had something like this two-headed Aztec serpent that was spitting water out of both sides of itself, um, as well as some kind of a... Um, jets that are installed in the ground shooting upward on the splash pad. Um, and there are also some scupper elements. Um, and I, I kind of gave it the illusion that the scuppers are uh, continuing through the wall on the other side. And it, it looks like our support beams for the large central structure. And you'll also notice the uh, 360 degree acrylic uh, circular spa and so it's a perimeter, it's a raised perimeter overflow spa, but the entire uh, outside of the spa is ra raised acrylic. And the, the downside of doing a raised acrylic spa, and not that that's a new idea, because that's it's not, um, the, the downside to it is that you don't have any sort of uh, a beam right behind you, because typically you'd be leaning up against the acrylic itself, which means that you wouldn't have any spa jets um, and so I had uh, seen uh, Randy Angel do this kind of thing before he had done a, a square spa. And within the spa itself, um, it, it had some, some raised uh, back support walls that were kind of low going halfway up the back. But it was at least something that you could put a spa jet inside and still have the effect of 
this sort of a floating acrylic spa. Uh, so that's yeah, what I, I had featured. Why you went like square base to the round spa, and now uh, that kind of answers that question. But you, you do, visually, your eye doesn't really get drawn to the geometry there, and maybe it's just yeah. Yeah, well, and, and really on the other side where, where you get a better look at it, um, you didn't get to see it very long. <laughs> the, the video uh, has to be kept under two minutes. And, and really, that, that's another challenge to the whole process is uh, kind of uh, showing something through a rendered video. Uh, trying to show all of this within two minutes was tricky all in itself. Well, you're a great storyteller. Keep going, Brad. Oh, thank you. Uh, so the the pool on the other side of the perimeter overflow spa, um, it has a uh, perimeter overflow beam on the back. Uh, you've got a large wet deck that's got four ledge loungers. Um, there is another wet deck uh, opposite where the spa is, and you have two hanging uh, cocoon chairs and then a cantilevered fire feature that's hanging out over the water. Uh, in that pool, you've also got a swim-up bar with uh, the kind of swim-up side, and then you've got the dry side uh, opposite that. And uh, if you look underneath, which you can briefly see that in the video, the, the wall separating the dry side and the wet side is nothing but acrylic. Uh, so you, you can see straight through the bar wall as well, which I thought was pretty cool. Between those two hanging chairs, there are there's a pair of palm trees that are going up through the structure, and I designed the structure so that it had this sort of halo-shaped cutout so that the trees could actually protrude upward through the structure, um, which is kind of fun if once you walk up the stairs to the second floor of the structure where there's kind of like a little lounging, entertaining space and a putting green, um, you're basically just standing up there at the canopy of these palm trees, which is that just looked pretty neat to me. And you you also have to cross over the lazy river to get to the stair set. And there are these like dual uh, little bridges going over it. Um, and I, I found some like Latin candy skulls that I made of. Uh, like a Dia de los Mortos skulls. And I just kind of gave those the, the Miami treatment by making them uh, pink, white, and blue. Once you cross the bridges, before you turn around and go up the stairs to get to the second floor of the structure, uh, you're greeted with another uh, raised decorative feature wall. And it's got a, a sort of framed tile mosaic that uh, I used some art. It was another Miami artist, a, a Haitian artist, that had this really cool uh, mural that they had drawn. And so I just, I, I used that as a tile. I converted it to a tile mosaic. Um, I just, I thought that kind of spoke to the Miami theme and the Latin art. And I also made this kind of custom two-hand sculpture. It looks like two hands protruding from the wall, holding fire. And then that's flanked on both sides by three scuppers. Uh, on the back side of that wall, there's a sunken fire pit area that's all tile. Part of the seating, one tier of the seating is made with wood and the rest of it is limestone. So there's like some, some nice layering going on there. And then everybody sitting in the fire pit area is looking up at a modular uh, ultra-vision uh, outdoor screen. And so it's actually made up of 15 modular pieces, but monitors that come together and make this enormous uh, viewing screen. Uh, that's a really cool product that's actually local to the Dallas 
um, I've toured the showroom and they make an awesome product. And I think they're, they're trying to make that um, like the next affordable way to do really impressive uh, outdoor screens. And if you go back to where the bridges were, you go up the stairs to the second floor of the structure. You've got uh, some seating areas, bar seating, which is uh, lit underneath. You've got the putting green and then a semicircle lounge space. And then, of course, you can't help but notice the, the palm tree uh, canopies that are up there with you. Of course, you've got the, the lazy river, which is kind of surrounding the, the sunken fire pit island. Uh, so that lazy river is going down a, a closed loop style, uh, goes under the bridges, goes around the fire pits. Adjacent to that on the back side of the house, uh, moving away from the pool area is where you go to the covered patio. One of the tricky parts of the competition, and, and they were very clear in the rules this year, is that you could not attach anything to the home. Um, and so I know for a lot of pool designers and pool builders, or really just outdoor designers in general, one of the best ways that you can make use of space and try to save a little money on the budget is by attaching a structure to the home. Um, it's, it's a really practical uh, thing to do for, for a lot of designers and builders. But when you're in a situation where you can't attach something to the house, um, it gets tricky because you're you're trying to fit something between the walls of the home and also keep it within the confines of the setback. So I came up with uh, just a bar island that had its own uh, structure uh, that didn't touch the house. And it held a semi-shade steel structure on the top. And I had also designed these uh, kind of uh, synthetic uh, green walls that go up and over the support beam. Um, see, all you just see is greenery up above, kind of hanging down over the bar. And that's layered with some pendant lighting. Yeah, it ties it into the natural environment very handsomely. That isolation rule where it can't be attached to the house and still have like that pergola element up at the top to just give it a hint that it is a, a unified structure with the home. I think it was a really smart way to approach it. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, yeah, I was trying to make it look uh, attached without actually attaching it. So I kind of cantilevered everything, uh, got playfully close to the home without actually touching it. Now you <laughs> you bent the rule as far as you can without breaking it. That's, smart, <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. Approach it. Uh, that's that's my motto. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a uh, it's a terrific design, Brad, and congratulations on uh, winning this year's competition. We're going to be really pleased to uh, to showcase this in the next issue of Pool Magazine. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. Well, that's all the time that we have left for today. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next time on another episode of Pool Magazine Podcast. Riverflow is the aquatic industry's leading water current system and transforms virtually any body of water, large or small, public or private, into a dynamic environment that provides fun, fitness, and relaxation. Whether you're floating and daydreaming along a lazy river water walking to increase strength, swimming, or sports training, Riverflow delivers current that is perfectly suited for each user's needs. Our current system adds lasting value to any aquatic experience, and that's what today's homeowners really want. To learn more, 
Visit us on the web at current-systems.com 